0: What is up, mamacitas y mamacitos? Welcome to the very first episode of 2024, which is hot damn exciting because, yeah, it's going to be a big year ahead. I have epic visions for this podcast. I have a whole schedule of local legends waiting to be conversated with, and also some international epic legends because I'm going to go on tour. The countries are still yet to be determined, but. The ones on the drawing board are holy moly schmoly exciting. But anyway, back to today's episode, which is actually part of the Bali edition. I am beyond stoked to bring this episode with Sebastian Valencia to you. And before I riff on about what Seba does and how epic he is, I want to introduce how we met because, oh, my adoration and reverence to this man is really, really deep. It stems from when we first met in 2008. 18, I'm pretty sure, because that was when I went to Bali for the first time to do my yoga teacher training. And on the first day I met Seba, who was my philosophy teacher for the first eight days. And yeah, to say he was the catalyst for a lot of the transformation I feel like I've seen in the past five years is a massive understatement. What he showed me and the 30 women and one man in that course truly changed the trajectory of many of our lives he has such a knack to poke and prod and make you question your reality so deeply but so powerfully and yeah his approach to evoking change within the paradigms we see the world our belief systems how we see ourselves is is truly next to none so i'm so excited to bring this conversation to you and more about Seba. So Seba travels the world. Literally I'd message him. He'd be in Bali next day in Guatemala, next day in Chile. It's really hard to keep up with him. And he teaches Eastern philosophy and tantric embodiment, and is a founder of heart of tantra, an organization that teaches tantric wisdom to help people live a life of purpose, passion, intimacy, and freedom. He hosts retreats Everywhere around the world, he mentors one-on-one, he speaks at international festivals around the globe. Amongst being a part of so many creative projects, Seba is one hell of a barefoot hustler. His life is so rich and, yes, yeah, something that I actually aspire to, to live as well. We di- In this convo, we dive into things such as what does it actually mean to live your ultimate truth? Seba's modern definition of enlightenment that actually connects you to the world rather than separates you from it. Sebe's story from crippling anxiety back in Chile, his home country, to now traveling the world living his absolute dream. How to harness courage in order to listen to life's calls? How to take leaps of faith that will change your life? How to prepare yourself against the challenges of growth and, you know, all the pitfalls and difficulties that one might face on this journey? He gives a lot of insight. What is the liminal state? and how to harness this to grow into the person you want to be, how to achieve effortless action in pursuit of what you want, the possible pitfalls of some spiritual communities, Tantra and how to use this practice to actually ground your spiritual practice into the life you're currently living, and how to achieve your most fearless expression of self. Basically, this convo is for anyone that wants to live their biggest, most bold, unapologetic, and purposeful life, aka everybody so let's jump into the conversation and if you do enjoy this conversation if you really do find some nuggets that yeah will help you live a more aligned life then please reach out to Sebra and I we love the feedback we love the dialogue and please send it to someone that you know will also benefit from that spreading it is just by far the best way to spread the change that we want to see in the world and other than that let's go Welcome everyone to the Barefoot Hustler podcast, where hustlers, creatives, and seekers unite and realize we're all one. Where the hustle meets the flow. I'm your friend and host Sejin Gunnaridis and my intention is to delinear the labels we always try and squeeze into and give permission for us to live in the spaces between. So whether you're a hustler that could benefit from slowing down and bringing more alignment and purpose to your work, or you're a free spirit that's getting the calling to bring more structure, drive and creation to your life, I'm super grateful you're taking a wee little chunk of your day to grow with me, both for your future self and the collective at large. Together, let's pioneer a new way of living and redefine what it means to live a rich, connected and purposeful life in the 21st century. Let's all be barefoot hustlers. So take off your shoes, grab a coffee, and let's jump in.
1: Okay, so how... I would like the listeners to feel after... Mm. Mm. Maybe challenge it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe... Well, you have been in my philosophy classes and this is something that I when I teach yoga philosophy, it's so easy to go to the Yamasani Yamas. Like, yeah, non-violence. Just don't be violent to your body. Yeah, okay. Right. Non-sealing. But then it's like, hey, in which way are you actually sealing yourself? Mm-hmm. Like check all of this. Oh fuck, maybe, mm-hmm. maybe it's true. Like, like a healthy trigger. <laughs> like a healthy trigger, like something that makes you think. Something that could be like thought-provoking, not in a way of like pushing it or trying to be like purposefully. Polarizing, mm-hmm. not necessarily, but just to make you think certain things. Mm-hmm. I I think it would be worthless if you listen to this conversation and it was like, oh yeah, that's nice. I agree with all, cool, whatever. Mm-hmm. I yeah. I would rather you to like, oh fuck, I never thought about this, mm-hmm. or I actually kind of like feel uh, in conflict with this statement. So the fact that you feel in conflict as a listener, it makes you think. Mm-hmm. You know, just like uh, when people talk about Ragnish, Osho, right? Sometimes in the, in the philosophy class, I quote Osho, and there's like a couple of them that say, like, hey, but yeah, Osho has a lot of like money, and he was God, rich, he and he was a spiritual rich. teacher. It's like, yeah, the fact that you are just being slightly triggered by it, and now we have a conversation about mm. him, try to figure out actually what is the balance between like being a spiritual practitioner and materialism. Mm. He, he made it you know his mission is accomplished probably okay let's you know? skip the whole check and let's go
0: straight in <laughs> wow that was so good the question was how do you want the listeners to feel after this episode and your answer was to feel challenged in a healthy way to be provoked but in a way that makes people question yeah and that's something that i'm really getting initiated into is you know being on camera, being out there, really trying to share a message. I think the first part of the first few years, I was saying things that were like very easy to hear and everyone's like, yeah, yeah, great, great. But then the more I step into, you know, the pure expression of myself, Mm. it can be polarizing. When someone steps into their Mm. really authentic expression, you're not following what everyone's doing and that can trigger a lot of people. And recently in the past few months, I've got a um some feedback of being triggered or like, you know, you in this, um, the bigness or, you know, whatever it is, like, you know, sharing that message makes me triggered because, you know, you, you living so freely challenges my way of living great, or whatever great. that is. And that's my initiation of just holding on to that and not, yeah, needing to be liked by everyone, but actually finding the power and the the fulfillment in being like, Great, actually, yeah, let's provoke each other. Let's constantly question and challenge so then you can settle, you know, break the rules so you can settle on what the hell are your own rules? Mm. That's, I feel like...
1: I think it's, it's an important part of your spiritual practice and your personal expansion to challenge your own belief. I mean, that's the, that's the whole freaking point. Mm. The whole freaking point is like unlearning who you think you are and it's like start dropping this like belief system you have about reality so you can have a direct experience of reality as it is. Mm. That's the whole point of mm. spirituality. Mm. It's not like, oh yeah, cacao ceremonies, that dance <laughs> it just feels good. That's just for the fun, you know? But it's about... Challenging what you think you are, what you think you believe, mm. your vision of the world. Mm. Uh, I think, and th- when people do yoga, people talk about flexibility about the body, but that's flexibility in your mind on the things that you perceive. Oh, this is new. Oh, this is challenging. Wait, why am I experiencing this? Mm. And that makes you reflect about yourself. So the fact that you are out there, you know, we did podcasts or teaching. Uh, philosophy or whatever it is, is like a great space for people to start like, hey, wait, this is like interesting. This is like falling and maybe a new vision, a new perspective is emerging. And that's when we talk about Tantra, we're going to maybe talk soon. That's as an instrument and a possibility to expand your perspective of reality, to expand yourself, Mm -hmm. you know, to to your potentiality of perceive the world in a a more direct way experience in a more direct way
0: yeah you touched on a few few things where it's like yoga the f- and a lot of us think that uh we focus on the asana part of yoga which is the movement practice when you go to vinyasa to class um and for me that, that's actually kind of the perfect way to introduce our relationship how i met you because my, my entire spiritual journey awakening becoming myself what do you want whatever you want to call it came through yoga and I feel like, you know, things like yoga and breath work, which is very accepted in the non-spiritual world or conventional world or whatever you want to linear world, because it can be seen as movement or stretching or, you know, something to provide energy or flexibility or whatever. And for me, I kind of fell into yoga. I actually um I went to a Pilates class and they they were full. And they said, Oh, but we have our yoga class has spare spots. This is years like eight, 10 years ago. And I was like, oh, I was like, yeah, I'll give it a shot. <laughs> and then I remember something shifted. I was like, whoa, that was amazing. Yeah. And then I got into yoga. But it for me, didn't go deeper until I did my yoga teacher training with Santosha, which mm. you were the philosophy teacher at, how many years ago? I don't even, I'm going to say five-ish years yeah, ago. Yeah, five,
1: six, maybe. In
0: Nusa Lembongan here in Bali. And it was day, maybe day two. And then you took the first eight days of the 30-day program. Yeah. And I remember being in the shallow in at on the beach at Nusa In. And your first class, and class—it's funny because you said you want to challenge people. Mm. I forgot exactly the exercise. It was something about you holding something and you're saying, "What do you see?"
1: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we all said,
0: "What were you holding?" I don't know.
1: It was—I think it's was a star and a moon, or okay, two, yeah. two shapes, two different shapes. Yeah.
0: And then we—it's a moon, and you go, "Are you sure?" Yeah. You go, and then you said you questioned so many times, but like, bloody hell, yes, it's a moon.
1: Yeah. And
0: then you turned around, and it was a star or something yeah, like exactly. that. And it—you know—this exercise. My interpretation of it is to show how different perspectives... It's the same same thing, but two people see something completely differently. Mm. And then that eight days, it was the beginning of me questioning and going inside and questioning my reality. And that literally was because of mm. you. And I said that on my story to um, before I even came here because I was so excited. And there are so many pivotal times in all of our journeys, but for me that was... The, one of the biggest ones to to find to begin finding myself mm. and so and then it was philosophy was it tantra would you call what you
1: taught us in that in that example yeah. i think we're talking about sadia yeah. we're talking about the truth and what is your truth might not be my truth, mm. and what is the ultimate truth mm. and we're exploring on that yes but that's how we met five
0: years ago and since then we've worked yeah. together to be my mentor for a yeah. bit and then just we just bumped into each other a few weeks ago at sayuri cafe and yeah. we we're like we need to make this happen exactly and it's beautiful and it's to, happening it's happening <laughs> and it's beautiful to witness your journey and then my journey from there to here, and it just, it's just—it's—it feels like I was watching your life on, <clears throat> you know, social media and things like that, and looking at your life and being like, "How mm. is he doing what he's doing? Uh, that he's, how is he doing what he's doing? Mm. You know, one time you are, like, I'm in Guatemala, I'm, I'm presenting at this festival, and I'm like, okay, and then the next week you're like, I'm in Argentina, and then the next one or oh, Chile,
1: Argentina, yeah, Chile, yeah,
0: Chile, and then um, and then another time you're in, you're in Ubud, I'm thinking like, how mm. is this possible? And then now actually coming to this life myself, mm. it's like I was showing the language before and I was like, this is a confusing but interesting language. Now I'm like, I, I, I'm understanding more and more and it feels so true. And that's why I feel
1: like we're both called to share mm. this. 100%. I get that question often. And sometimes I don't really know what to say because I think like there is a mainstream narrative of like, be very clear on what you want yeah. right be, and, and I think there's a lot of true on it and it's very efficient and powerful finding clarity doing these visualizations the whole mental rehearsal that Jody Spencer speak and so you can co-create your reality with the universe by already embodying mm-hmm. how you want to feel I think there's a lot of true for that however challenging that idea yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the most magical thing that have happened in my life the most thing that is like oh my god I'm so grateful for this mm-hmm. I never really planned it Mm-hmm. I never really planned it mm-hmm. I never really some things maybe at some point I sit down and I visualize something and it happened mm-hmm. and I know that works for, for many people but for that specific things that magical things that or ending up teaching in, in Santosha that was like a, one of the greatest experience I had or living here in Bali and even choosing where to live right now I can choose whatever you know I can choose to live anywhere in the world um, so many of that things are actually... It, it, it just happened after, and this is the key thing. I think we had a conversation not long ago about it. It happens be, after taking very courageous steps towards the unknown. Mm. And I think that quote that says that the universe rewards courage, mm. that one fits mm. in my personal experience. Fits really, really great. Sometimes you don't know, but then in a moment there is a call. And the mind will come to challenge that call it that's a that's a um, that's a normal mechanism of the mind to protect yourself if you go into the unknown if you go into the new you might die what's the call like, can, can you give an example of like a call is for example just coming back to, to teaching yoga philosophy and yoga teacher trainings, for example, that's very specific. There was a moment that I met this person who was running these teacher trainings and I was like, Hey, I need a yoga philosophy teacher. Are you up to, to, and I was like, expansion, 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 while she was inviting me towards it. And I was like, I already had a lot of things planned. I just cannot just stop what I'm doing and just go there, you know." But it was like, this feels like something that I'm being called to, and it feels scary. But that fear of like, not fear of like, oh, aversion, that's fear of like, I'm scared of this, but I still want to jump the cliff. So the call was an offer to teach philosophy at her yoga teacher training and you felt resistance because you were doing
0: all these things what where, where was what was the fear coming from
1: the resistance is, is very very mind you can really even feel it in this part of the body mm. it's like the brain processing a lot of things and oh yeah but logically you made this plan so maybe maybe not and also you're not ready how are you going to teach yoga philosophy in yoga teacher training so like,
0: imposter syndrome am i ready
1: imposter syndrome and then the mind protecting you from the unknown because you might fail mm. and you might suck at it and you might I kicked out and then if you do that all your um uh, how to say your stories not your stories but your 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 ego is trying to hold this like notion of yourself an image of yourself that you don't want uh, to be you always want to reputation might, reputation that's the work. all your reputation might fall you know yeah. and you might end up alone and kicked out from society and you might die in the bushes. Like that's very primal brain, right? Yeah. And that's happened. So I noticed that. And then there is like a big pool that is more body pool, yeah. right? More like heart pool. And as as yeah. as as maybe very um, wishy-washy may sounds, you know, is just Perfect. real. Yeah. It's, yeah. I, I, could, I have a direct experience of it. So when I take that step, I was like, okay, I'm just gonna reassess my plan and just go for that deeper call. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like the universe, somehow, God, the divine, life start like just opening and opening more and more doors, and reward you with things that are more than what you expected yeah. more than what you would expect mm-hmm. it's like different it, it really surprised you and it was like oh i'm very grateful and that's the other cool practice about like the gratitude mm. uh, as well because it's like oh i'm grateful so you start trusting more it's this feedback yes. loop on gratitude and trust yes yes there's yes. an interesting feedback loop between gratitude and trust that's like oh i'm so glad this happened so i'm so grateful to whatever it is to this sense of god that in might have, or this sense of divine or shiva consciousness or buddhahood whatever yeah, what like nature it. you know, no, it doesn't really matter. Cosmic Dharma. And then the next one, when I feel this kind of trigger, positive trigger and pull, I'm just gonna trust and mm. and lean a little bit more into the unknown. And I think that's a constant process of reward for that yeah. trust and surrender. Surren- was, right. yeah,
0: that was a word I was waiting. I was like, surrender where it's like letting go and just letting something much bigger guide you. And I've talked about it before. Um, so yeah, don't have to go into it because you just did, but. The, rel- the relinquishing of control and letting go, and the more you do that, the getting the feedback that, yeah, you won't die in the bushes. Actually, you're gonna learn this lesson or g- gain this perspective that might be painful mm. as well. It might not be easy. Exactly. But it's, it's, they're the ingredients that you're being given. I always use the, the, the analogy of the cake. Like, we all, we all want a cake, whether that's confidence or abundance or love, and then universe, consciousness, whatever you want to call it, gives you these ingredients. Mm. And you're like, no, 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 I don't want it. Like, you're asking, I want abundance. But then mm. you're getting this opportunity that might be scary. Be like, no, no, I asked mm. for abundance. It's right, like, right, right, right. Well, it's actually,
1: like, yeah. it's being given to you. So really just surrendering, I feel like, that's, is huge. That's an important point you're, you're touching by, which is, like, the challenge that comes with whatever step, you know. I don't want to feel like what I'm sharing is just, oh, you, you take that leap and it is just bliss, <clears> constant throat> bliss. Throat> It wouldn't make any sense, you know, in this human experience if you don't have the challenge to grow. So, for example, if you really, if you really see yourself as this individual being from a, from a higher perspective, right? If you want this Sejin, this seva, to expand in this lifetime, to grow, to, to connect with his unlimited potential, to, to love, to understand, to feel the road that you, if you have the choice, the road that you're going to put to this self, it wouldn't be an easy and blissful road all the time necessarily. Mm-hmm. It's like, you really would be like, okay, I'm going to challenge yourself a little bit in this. Mm-hmm. If you're teaching a kid, you will challenge this kid to try to figure out by himself the way, right? It's just it's just so elemental. It's mm-hmm. so foundational, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, any process of expansion and learning come with certain challenge. The thing is, Mark Manson put it very well when he say, like, it's about you going to choose your challenge. Okay, I'm going to choose this. I know everything will bring any challenge, so I'm going to choose the challenges, mm-hmm. you know? It's like being in a relationship, being single, breaking up in the real relationship realm, being monogamous, being open. All of this is going to come with challenges. And some people will argue, it's like, okay, an open relationship? No, because it's too challenging. Well, I would say a monogamous relationship yeah. also is very challenging. So the thing is, which challenge you would mm-hmm. choose? I think that's the point.
0: Yeah, and it's like we can so easily see, you know, when you're teaching a child how to ride a bike, they're going to fall. It's inevitable. It's part of it. It's part of it. But, you know, I'd I'd, I'd so easily share the wisdom of like, oh, no, we always fall, blah, blah, blah. That's what we need to do in order to learn how to ride a bike and what that's going to bring you, freedom, Mm. fun, exploration. Mm. But then, you know, as adults, I'll speak for myself, where it's like there's so much fragility in the the mental challenge like you know i I don't mind learning a new sport and scuffing myself physically but you know as you said before if it's my reputation on the line or my self-image or all these things that's what i've had to work really hard to build resilience because i was so fragile you know to the point of like fearful of rejection or judgment or anything that would make me like really kind of hold back from my expression from my message from my just life so it's like really accepting and normalizing the challenge and, Mm. and, and expecting that. So it's not like, well, what's, why is it hard? It's like, actually, you know, um, it's like, I see it as, I don't know where I got it from, but, Like our comfort zone, it's like a circle. And then you step just outside of that and that's the growth zone. Mm. And and that's scary. It's just, you know, it's Mm. uncomfortable. And then you go too far, it's the traumatic zone. So it's you know, and I've been caught there where it's like, I want to challenge myself and grow. And then I go so far, I'm not supported. It's too much. And I re-traumatize myself. Yeah. So it's like, but that growth zone is so powerful, but there is definitely discomfort. And I feel like, like the ego or the sense of identity it can cling on so it's like really a bit starting taking one step one step one step and each time hopefully getting the feedback of you won't die you won't die mm. there are rewards even if it's wrapped up in something not pleasant and just surrender surrender surrender
1: exactly mm-hmm. leaning into your edges is probably one of the main uh, foundational mantras we use in, in, in the retreats that I'm running and the workshops. Uh, because if we're doing communication uh, dynamic exercise or fearless expression dynamic, which is all about what I'm doing in the retreats, it's okay. It's easy to jump in the middle of the circle and, and express yourself in a way that feels extremely comfy and is not challenging for you, for anybody. Um, but also you can go there and do something or reveal yourself in a partner work, in a group work that is like... Okay, this is like really triggering all stuff, and it's like building maybe a, a samskara over another samskara, like more mental imprints. and could be like like can... a mental imprint, samskara, yeah. um, or or a strong conditioning. Sometimes even could be like a traumatic experience that get like imprinted in your like okay. ego mind, a limiting belief. It, it could be a, a belief, but the samskara is is the is the imprint itself. So the idea is like how to. Well, what can I do right now in this connection dynamics that I'm having, that I'm sharing, let's say, let's say my desires or my fears or my boundaries with this person in front of me? It's so easy to play safe. The invitation is not to play safe, but lean, as you say, like lean into your edges. Mm. It's like, what mm. is it like? This is my comfort zone. This is the edge of my comfort zone. It's like, oh, I can play here. Mm. You will never know if you never try. So it's like progressive exposure to it, pro- mm-hmm. progressively exposure to what makes you feel like slightly fear of rejection or abandonment it's like okay what if we need sacred containers to explore that because like real life when you are not in a practice dynamic mm-hmm. it might be too overwhelming too much stimulus you don't know the other people there's nobody holding this space you know you don't you don't have a, a, a workshop container a mentor facilitator around you you don't know it's overwhelming so it's easy to mm-hmm. no. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That could be the relationship of your life. That could be like the father of your kids or the mother of your kids. they yeah. like, no, this is too much. Bye. Yeah. 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 Um, but that's why we need that. That's why we need to experience and to put ourselves in sacred, safe containers where we can practice this. Yeah. And that's one of my biggest calls to create that, you know, for other people.
0: Yeah. And someone actually the other day asked me what I meant when I said containers. So I just want to explain where it's like sacred containers being um, safe ex- a time when we separate ourselves from the routine or the normal living and that could be a workshop it can be a retreat it can be you know when you go on a road trip with someone and mm. you're driving yeah that's a sacred container when you're right. driving and you're you know there's it feels like the outside world is so far away and right. it's in these spaces that we enter the liminal zone where it's like in the liminal being the in-between where it is safe or uh, the it is possible to challenge our beliefs. Because you know, if you're just walking down the road and I'm you know, thinking about my to-do list or whatever, and you come and you say something that challenges a belief of mine, I'm not in this right state of being, I'm, it's probably gonna bounce off me completely. If we're sitting down, I'm in my parasympathetic nervous system, I trust you, And then you challenge the same belief, Mm. there's going to be more space. And, you know, I'm 28, I've had these beliefs for a long time, so it still might take a while, Mm. but, you know, I'm in a sacred container to allow for that. And I know we've gone this whole time. Can you explain in your own words what you do before we go into, tantra? Hello, welcome to the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, My name is
1: sebastian I'm from Chile. Um, (laughs) What I do is, I, I will just quote myself back, is... One of the things I would say, one of the things that I love to do is to create a space, create spaces for people to tap into their core essence, their authentic essence, and be able to reveal it and express it, right? Yoga was a call for that, so how we can tap into that using yoga, Uh, and at the beginning was like how people... See yoga in in the modern like Western uh, narrative, which is mainly yoga asanas and so on. I think you can find, a, a, you can know, and you can get to know a lot about yourself by literally showing up just to yoga classes. However, my journeys are like, hey, there is something else here in this process. You know, it's like tracking back yoga. It's like, wow, well, originally it was a meditative practice, and. Uh, and the whole pranayama practice and the energy work and then tantra and all of that—it's like wow, there is a whole bunch of tools to do that. Mm-hmm. At the end, is to do that to come back to it's like what is there beyond my whole belief system. It's like oh, I like this. I don't like this. I really believe that. Oh, I don't like Christianity. I like Trump. I don't like Trump. I like whatever you know in terms of relationships, politics, uh, religion. What is there? what is there that's left when you unveil and you drop all of these? you peel the onion, as one of my teachers say, like peeling the onion, peeling the onion, what is there? And from there, mm. it's not like, yo, you are separated from reality because you are in this connection with God, you're one with God and then you... You don't operate in this realm. This is when the tantric vision comes, which yes. is like you also come and participate from it. So mm. for me, it's like a journey inward, and outward, mm. consistently. Yeah, go inwards. Yeah, but go onwards. Mm-hmm. Sublime the kundalini up. Yeah, but also bring your kundalini down. Mm-hmm. You know, the whole like yeah. pulling from opposite directions yeah. is one of my biggest, biggest, biggest uh, mantras that I live by. That is like, should you do this? Should you do that? introvert or extroversion it's like why not to both she integrate to both yeah you know it's like namaste it's yeah, like yeah. union that's a real yoga for me yeah. um so how to design and this is this is this is something that i believe uh, that i i just want to keep doing because this just comes natural to me design uh, a space design a container which for me a container is this microcosmos that you can set certain agreements and boundaries so we can play safer and we can practice life skills that are applicable in the real world, let's Mm -hmm. say, or in the microcosmos. Um, So you can lean into your edges so you can get it to know yourself a little bit better, drop a whole limiting belief and come back to that essence. But then from this space, what's going to be revealed from there? Maybe it's not more likely it's not gonna be revealed what you are like with all these like um shields you have and all this conditioning what is revealed is like very tight is that you though Mm. it's like i like being myself is that you though Mm. are you being yourself i'm just a free spirit i do whatever the fuck i want so i'm going to the beach and i just move and dance naked yeah that feels very free but is that you you know is that is that you being effortlessly Expressed in that moment mm-hmm. one of my teachers says that yoga uh, is um, effortless action so there's still things happening we're still recording a podcast mm-hmm. there is a sense of effortlessness though uh, because there's not all everything super tight with all these covers and layers of ego mm-hmm. so when all of this comes down and it's like wow I, 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 I can tap into like my core essence and naturally I will reveal and express myself in this moment, in this way. Is that that's, that's real authenticity. And for me, that's the closest for enlightenment mm. that could ever be. When people talk about enlightenment, this future idea that Whoa, now you are just like connected with a divine and full free channel. I do believe like real enlightenment, the closest word for it is like Authentic authenticity, Mm -hmm. which is which is expressing yourself as who you are in that specific moment, free.
0: Wow, my mind is pinging with so many questions. How (laughs) do I pick one? So enlightenment is authentic authenticity, and it's it's the it's our expression to the world once we've uncovered and detangled. All these masks and conditioning and just the web of beliefs that we f- the paradigms that we live under and in it's the purity of expression that comes forward and interacting with the world in that way and so hmm. what I love and like I really just felt my entire body like light up when you were speaking because so many of us focus on the inwards journey of like you know the detangling which is it takes so much courage right. to do that and then you know you're, you feel freer, you feel great, cool. And then you're referring to that person on the beach just dancing, which is great. But I feel like the full, the full picture of the journey to enlightenment, to living your truth, is okay. From this place, mm. now what's the role you can play in life? How can you be of service? How can you share that? How can you? It's that co-creation with the rest of the world, of, of humanity and beyond, and nature. So it does. It's, it is that. It's the I caught. It, it's a really noble part when you step back into the system because we can all kumbaya by a fire in a commune, which is great, and we <laughs> might need to do that to, yeah. you know, align to a certain thing. Right. I've definitely done that and it's helped me. Right. But at what point are you letting go and actually giving up on? the the rest of humanity or the world or whatever that is and so those of us that are called to Mm. share this Mm. message or share our truth in times where we might be judged or whatever that is that is when i bring my hands together and it just it lights me up so much Mm. because i feel like that is a full that's a full picture of living a life of truth
1: oh yes (laughs) um Especially in, in these spiritual communities where we're living and part of the whole mm-hmm. spiritual festival and so on. It, it's fun uh, and it might bring a lot of insights mm-hmm. um, and there is a lot of self-expression to it. The other day I was talking with a friend that he was like, he's a very, he's one of my coaches actually, and he was saying that he went to this spiritual community in Costa Rica and I know he he shared it from a very non-judgmental place, but what he saw is a lot of kids who didn't want to grow. <laughs> never, you know, Neverland, was, yeah. Uh, yeah, the yeah. Neverland or something, so, yeah, Peter Pan. <laughs> but Peter Pan, they never wanted to grow and they would like remain kids. And th- this guy is it's, it's outstanding. You know, I really respect him and his visions like touch me because then I start seeing that yeah. in s- in certain moments with myself yeah. and in w- with other people. Um, just from a space of like, oh, interesting, this, this exists, this part of it, I never seen it before. Um, so for me, the spiritual path is all about integration about, okay, the child, express your child, find, find spaces to release like very things that you never re- release in your childhood, maybe like mm-hmm. stuck emotions, like fear, like tantrums is like, go for it sacred containers to do that that's super important extremely important Mm -hmm. but at the same time integrating your mature being Mm -hmm. and the being who is part of society Mm -hmm. and who who um, gives to society and has a functioning society Mm -hmm. that is very here grounded in the mundane that serves other people in a way that and that could be like yeah filmmaking that could be being a gardener that could be like who, who's gonna take your rubbish? Mm. Who's gonna take your trash? Mm. It's like, yeah, meditate all day, but you you just you just have like coconut milk in that box. Who's gonna <laughs> fucking take that? Yeah. Who's gonna process the rubbish? Okay, just whatever. Somebody's like, I don't know. There is a system in this city. Somebody will take the. Ra- There's somebody mm. who is doing that for you. Mm-hmm. That 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 person, and 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 coming back to like live from your passion and so on. It's like, is that his passion though? Mm. That's a good question to start asking yourself. But he's like, share, what he's doing is like a very important function for society. His passion might be to provide for his family. A hundred percent. So
0: it's like, that's yeah. the point. So it's like, yeah, it's so, yeah, we had a conversation previously about the idea of following your passion, stepping into the role you're going to play in the world, like that relationship. Yeah. What are your beliefs in following your passion? to find your work or your purpose or whatever it is that we're seeking.
1: Mm, yeah. So it, it, should, it doesn't need to be necessarily aligned, you know? This is like somehow defined that everyone should find your passion and you can live from it. You can make uh, six figures a year by living from your passion. Oh, yeah.
0: seven-week program. <laughs> you, yeah. Uh,
1: how to do it? Join this website here, Um But... I think it might be possible, however, it's going to bring challenges, and one of the challenges is to challenge your passion. Mm. You know, I was, I was uh, f- following the journey of this guy in the internet who sells courses and he was like, very, very passionate about uh, the, this making beautiful designs for glasses. Mm. All right, And he was a businessman. And I was, like, listening to a podcast about him talking about it. He was the sign about designing glasses, designing glasses. That Somehow, that was, like, he, he just enjoyed so much doing it. He was making a lot of money with other businesses, and he always said, like, my business are all boring. Mm. But for me, I really wanted to provide for my mother. That was the call. Mm, that was his passion. You know? And the, pa- the passion, the call, there was a passion, maybe not his passion, but there was a deeper Call that was passionate mm-hmm, mm-hmm. about. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and when you find that, you have, like, access to unlimited source of energy. You can, like, move mountains with it. Mm-hmm. You know, you can create whatever, you know, when there is something that is, is moved by love and, and service mm-hmm. in his case. The thing is, he said, okay, I'm going to make a business of design glasses for, like, blue light and this whole thing. So he did it, and he said he hates it right now. He hated because he's constantly pushed to, okay, what's the what is his audience, what he needs, how to like convey to that pains and needs. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I don't wanna fucking design glasses mm-hmm. anymore. So it actually ruined his passion. By- it somehow challenged his passion. It obviously it's gonna come with challenge, but but he said he hated right now. So The message that I took from him, it was, it was that it it doesn't need to, if you go for it, you need to understand that it's going to, it's going to challenge you a lot. But at the same time, it's like, that can be like different things. Life is multidimensional. We as human beings, we, we tend to think it's like, we have two ways, choose one, you don't have the other one, this whole thing, you know, or even in terms of relationships. We expect to find somebody, okay, the mother, the father of your kids, get married, job, whatever. It's like somehow it's like very linear way of thought without inviting the multi multidimensionality of possibilities in any uh, dimension of your life or any decision that you take. You know, so it's it's challenging the idea that you need to find your passion and you could live from your passion necessarily. You can love what you do because there is like a there is a deeper call there is a deeper fuel behind that. I mean, if anything you do is moved directly or indirectly by a sense of love and service, uh, you can create whatever you want and doesn't need passion and function Mm. can be separated.
0: How did you get to where you are now? I feel like this is coming from so many stories and like self-learnings and experiences how did you get from chile to bali hmm. and teaching tantra and doing everything that you're doing retreats and yes so much content and the philosophy that you've because you seriously brought me onto this path. Hmm. and i'm just like i'm very curious how did you get to where you're at now well, what was your like aha moment
1: um well i was dealing with a lot of anxiety uh, at some point um, when I finished uni I I remember I study after I finished uni that I was studying something related with economics and business management Um back in Chile, back in Chile yes years ago um, and I was working in the industry, and I was start having a lot of physical symptoms. And I think that was what put me somehow here. Um, there's obviously certain initiations along the way, but that was probably one of the biggest initiation. Like a lot of physical symptoms, it's like digestive symptoms, like kidney issues, um, a lot of anxiety. I remember there was a moment that I couldn't go out to the street because I feel I'm gonna pass out all the time. You know? How all the you? I was probably t- t- between twenty between twenty and twenty two okay yeah. twenty one probably and I was constantly feeling this fear of passing out in, in close environment or open environments I feel like overwhelmed I feel like I'm gonna faint um, and I remember looking for another, a lot of doctors um, before going to this whole spiritual process uh, and I think there's something I still have um, when there is something that happening in terms of physical imbalance or, or I feel mentally like funny, I always come back to like, Oh, I am nutrient deficient or there's something like hormonal happening. I'm always go to like, I have, have a very, very strong ground and root in terms of skepticism Mm -hmm. for like uh, spiritual and energy practice. I believe in them, not in all of them. Mm -hmm. I, I invite them in. I test them in the laboratory of myself, but I always come back to like the core physical, physical things, right. and I trust in Western medicine. This is something that I like most of my colleagues and friends in my community would would maybe not think in that way. So, for example, like if you have a sore lower back, some people can think it's. On one
0: side of the spectrum, if you explain it just through Western medicine, it's, okay, you know, something with the physical vertebrae, or you've been sitting uh, differently or wrong, or whatever it is, and it's, like, it's very focused on the physical, while on the other side of the spectrum, it's, okay, what are you holding on to energetically, 100%. what's happening yeah. with, with a partner, or, or a yeah. job, like where's, where's the tension and the stress? Yeah. So, but you're saying both are amazing, but to not, and not to disregard both, I feel.
1: I think, I think that is, you need to explore in the whole spectrum of possibility. Just it's easy for my man to start with the most like flesh and bones mm-hmm. part, mm-hmm. and then go through the layers of the self, mm-hmm. you know? It's like, oh, okay, this is interesting. I feel, I feel oppression, and I feel some tension in my shoulders, for example. Somebody in the community would say, oh, you're holding too much responsibilities. Mm-hmm. Tell me, what are your responsibilities? Yeah. You need to let go, come and let it go together yeah. by breathing. Okay, maybe yes. Yeah. Uh, but let me check first on Ergonomics. On, <laughs> on ergonomics. <laughs> How are you looking On ergonomics, it's like literally like yesterday we just came back from Nusa Lembongan with my partner. I was carrying her like big bag. He just yeah. we go for three days like huge freaking bag. Yeah. And I was like carrying it, and maybe just that. Yeah. It's like I maybe think. it's just that. So coming back to the story, very briefly. I was looking for all these doctors and there was like no answers at all for what I was feeling all these weird imbalances until I found the psychiatric and said, you reached the right professional. He told me you're going to take all these pills and he gave me pills and I was taking pills for depression, for panic attacks, for anxiety. Um, and at some point I... So it
0: was alert, a dark period of your
1: life. Well, that was difficult, and th- that was very difficult. And actually, I started traveling there. The first country I went for to it was Australia. Australia, mm-hmm. and it was even worse there because I was far away from my family. I didn't speak the language. I didn't understand the slang you mate. <laughs> um, so uh, I, I left the pills. I didn't say I don't want to travel with pills. I want like free, and it was like connecting, and it was like even worse. So at that moment was a call for like, okay, it should be something more. This is my skeptical self that I really love that part of myself that are going through right away pulling from opposite directions again mm-hmm. the full 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 like okay we need to do some karma healing from my ancestor because i'm experienced this to the let's go if you're vitamin d deficient because that might be affecting this and because you're just your diet and the choices so on there's an energetic component in all of that of mm-hmm. course metaphysical component yeah. of 100 but there's some tweaks that you can do physiological tweaks posture tweaks that might like fixed like 95% of it
0: mm-hmm.
1: so that was a call and at some point i was reading a book that's called the monk who sold his ferrari by yes. robin sharma yes. and i remember reading that book and i was like oh this guy's like left everything and went to the email oh, yes. yeah. i i want to do the same yeah. and this is one of the choices that what we talk about at the beginning is like oh that feels too much At least here in Australia, I'm safe, you know, there is like uh, a good health system, I have insurance, I could, uh, if something happened to me, I was always scared that something might happen to me, and I'm gonna get sick, I'm gonna die. Uh, So here I'm safe. In India, though, Mm. it's
0: like, if something happened. And so the principle in the book was this rich man who, you know, owned Ferraris and things like that, went on his spiritual journey, what was it, what, so the principles were, he left, and it was his journey of finding true happiness away from what
1: he thought exactly it would come from dropping everything <coughs> material because he was like rich and everything but also dropping his beliefs and and everything in this journey that he had in the in the Himalayas so I said I want to do the same it felt so scary but I just took the leap so you went to one India. of the one yeah I went to India from Australia and I was really really scared uh, to go to India yeah. now mama india's like home yeah, you yeah, know yeah, yeah, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Uh, at that point I I remember being scared and I was with this family in Australia they say we're going to drop you to the airport. We're going to the Gold Coast. You were 22? I was 20... I was probably 24 mm-hmm. or 23. Almost 24, I think. And... And they dropped me to the airport in the Gold Coast. Uh, it was funny because, uh, okay... We're going to drop you, so we're going to stay in this, like, amazing hotel in the Gold Coast uh, before taking the plane. So Everything was so, like, luxurious, luxurious and abandoned. Like, and then the next day, I'm, I'm waking up in, like, uh, Deradun or Rishikesh, completely the opposite. But paradoxically, something shifted. When I arrived there, it was like, everything is smelly, everything is dirty, everything is, like... Unorganized, There's monkeys attacking people in the bridge between, oh, right. you know, Ranjula and whatever, the, all these areas. In, there was like a deep sense of peace at the same time. It was so weird. Mm. So, well, I'm here, but things are changing. Mm. And, and you can tell this is like, okay, I'm just going to surrender to it. I don't really know, but I'm going to surrender to it. And this is where all these things are changing. So answering your question, that was a pivotal uh, moment for me. Uh, so when you found Tantra? And this is actually the first tantra workshop that I took. It was in Rishikesh when I arrived for the first time. Somebody said, there is a there is a tantra workshop. Uh, okay. And that was kind of like a weird workshop. It's like, well, that's interesting. This is another way to experience spirituality that is different than just yoga asanas and meditation mm-hmm. or some Ayurveda tricks you could do with your lifestyle and food. This is more like about relating, which I was like, wow, that's interesting. But I leave it in a standby. I did my yoga teacher training. I meet wonderful people, like literally angels in my life who direct me to... Living in Koh Phangan after in Thailand and then being here in Bali. And most of the things that happened after, there was a lot of challenges, of course, but there was a lot of doors opening after taking that leap of faith.
0: What was the belief that changed within you when you went to India? What was the, like, what was the aha? Like, holy shit.
1: I think it was a process, but I had one teacher actually in the school that I did the teacher training that I... I, I remember crying in his teachings, mm. you know, and and actually that I think that what led me to teach yoga philosophy after he was the yoga philosophy teacher of the training, and his story and what he shared and the fact that that when he explained me like yoga or when he when he when he explained the meaning of yoga he always said yoga is fearless expression of the self so you see we have been speaking just about this yeah. since this was so you see how have been influencing me when he said like yoga is fearless expression of the self capital S
0: mm. is oh, wow.
1: you the self expressing through you effortlessly it's like um, ac- effortless action that's another concept that he like It was a chip for me. That was like a upgrading. I feel like my inner system in terms of understanding reality. So I remember with him specifically, that was a whole initiation I had with him, Uh, and it was there was no asana. There was meditation practice, but mainly like literally, hey. Look this way now. It's like wow! I didn't see all of this.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, this is like the understanding itself—the jnana yoga, like the yoga of wisdom, like the deeper wisdom, not the wisdom that comes from like memory from the books, but the wisdom of like direct experience with reality. Mm. And the guy was triggering certain things, and then this new perspective of life led for me to have a different practice, mm. a different practice that is more embodied, that is more relational and even though he wasn't a tantra teacher then the tantric path i feel like was a great platform for me to keep going deeper into that aspect of reality that is very embodied that is very like yeah, yeah. here and now in the mundane in the body in the way we talk and relate So said well this is it
0: i want to i want to go into tantra but just before i love where it's like i feel like the expanding of perspective is such is a pivotal part in finding yourself, because if you're just looking one way, your entire world is, is in front of you. It's what you can see. But then if someone you know pushes your chin one way and you can now suddenly see a whole nother thing. And that's why travel is so mm. profound where you see different cultures and it's like, you know, you're constantly moving your head left and right. And this is different, you know, something as simple as different foods you eat or um, different conditions of living Mm. you know poverty so many things so even if you go traveling and you don't even go to india you go to america you hear different accents you hear just difference and that you can tell when you meet someone that's traveled a lot versus someone that's never left their Mm. home Mm. and Mm. i mean not one's not right or wrong but one will lead to much more truth and and a wider lens and the more you see the more you can understand why people are different Mm-hmm. in 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 and, and you know instead of judging why are they being like that it's like oh actually it just kind of widens your perspective mm-hmm. and i feel like that's that's the difference between when you're saying like you know reading the books that's like academic intelligence whilst the the, the shifting in perspective and the open-mindedness is the like wisdom it's the applied intelligence
1: exactly i think that the level when you start traveling, that's happened, and the next level is like you don't need to travel, but you start seeing the same things with new mm-hmm. eyes, yeah, 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 as yeah. new lenses. So you're constantly yeah. traveling. It's not this, the, the road that you take back home, it's always different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's always different. So, this is a very beautiful little hack, little practice for people. Just like, okay, I'm just driving back home. Mm-hmm. It's like, look around, mm-hmm. look around. This is a whole new experience. Yeah. Look around that, like with this child, baby uh, eyes, mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. curiosity. It's like, wow, I never the grass is moving in a different oh, wow. way. There is different people, or it is the same people sitting in the same place, but having an absolute new experience that you can connect with that person some way, yeah, yeah, even yeah. just for a second. Uh, I think that's a, a, a powerful thing. Uh, traveling train you and and condition you positively. To start experiencing that, however, you ultimately don't need it. Mm, we're I in a constant that. trip, my friend. <laughs> yeah. We are tripping we're every
0: tripping single second. Involved. Yeah. Wow, I actually love that. It's not about the thing, it's about the relationship with the thing. All these things were well, like, okay, what are the habits that are gonna bring us enlightenment or freedom or abundance? And it's like, cool, meditation, breath work. Um, you know, regular holidays, all these things. Great. But as you said, what if when you sit down and meditate, you're just thinking about what you're going to eat or what you're going to do the Mm. next day. Or what about, you know, what if you're escaping in this Mm. holiday and you're not actually meeting your shadows or, you know, your, the internal world. What was the other one? Breathwork. What if you're just doing it because you want to post a story on your Instagram? All, it's not about what it is. It's the relationship you have with it. Same if you flip it in quotation marks. Bad habits, drinking. You mm-hmm. know, for sure, that can be escapism. Escapism. That can be really dangerous. Me personally, I've gone down that route for sure. But I also love mixology. I love the art. You know, it's, it's like potions. Like right. I love this and this. And when I stop drinking completely. I actually lost the the ability to enjoy just the art yeah. of you know seeing a cocktail being made so it's like it's not what the habit itself it's a relationship with the habit yeah. and no matter what you know where you put yourself you know in bali in the center of new york city in a in desert if you can work on your relationship and so it, on your ability to relate then it doesn't matter where you are or who you're around or what What you you choose
1: Mm. what you choose to do I think people have a tendency and I see myself sometimes on that especially in my past is like what is the good thing what is the bad thing Mm. some kind of like uh, commandments you know it's like do the good thing because this is good and this is bad alcohol bad Mm. this good like green juices are good green (laughs) juices can be bad and alcohol can be great (laughs) you know in one of my tantra initiation that I had like formal we all were drinking wine in the initiation and it was like i, I thought you would love this one because <laughs> like yeah it's <laughs> yes. great <laughs> yes, fantastic yeah. well,
0: but i've gone through a stage where i was drinking green juices but i was stressing about everything that was in it my because of my stress because i was so rigid <laughs> i was probably releasing cortisol it actually wasn't healthy exactly my it, body wasn't taking in all the nutrients i was drinking everything is so
1: contextual yes, yes. everything is so contextual and there was there is there is a tendency to polarize yourself is a push to polarize yourself, especially with the whole influence of social media that is designed for that mm-hmm. because the more you, you get polarized in any opinion or anything you you do or any opinion or any habit oh this is my habit because this is good because i hear it from here or because you know i read i listen in the podcast or reading the book whatever it is um it's it's for social media because that feeds the algorithm people like it's just monkeys throwing shit to each other as <laughs> no other we can say um and that's like feed the algorithm there's like more engagement and so on and it's addictive drama is addictive um, for some people <laughs> um but the point is like what is your direct experience in that moment mm. you know it's it's uh, sex for example oh no the spiritual and tantric sex Uh, the good way to do it or the right way to do it is like doing in this super ritualistic space and very slow and connecting with the breath. Yes, but also very spiritual and connected, authentic, like sex, tantric, infused sex, um, celebrating life could be pretty primal and 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 crazy. And if somebody is like looking at you having this type of sex is like hidden in between the curtain, we'll say, like, what the fuck? These people are supposed to be spiritual. Look at this. This is wild, this is crazy. It's easy to judge when you don't have context. The fact that you don't have context for basically anything that you mm. see anywhere. You you are you just you just you shouldn't judge you know mm-hmm. makes no sense to judge. Mm-hmm. Um, it might be a reason, and this is one of the things that spirituality has been helping me practically. Coming back to the practical outcomes of spiritual practice, including yoga, meditation, tantra, and so on, is I I notice how less less judgmental I am, mm. uh, and. I'm, I'm, I'm not, uh, I'm not the Buddha. I get pissed. I, I feel emotionality, obviously. But I noticed that when people um, beat beep, beep me in the car behind, uh, now there is way less time that I get pissed because who the fuck knows? This guy has been a horrible day. He's running to the hospital because his wife is having like an issue. It's like, bro, if you would know, mm. you would move. It's like, bro, go. You know, if you need anything, let me know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But no, I'm gonna just drive slower, just to yeah. just to fuck him up a little bit. Mm-hmm. So the fact of the expansion of the perspective and possibilities, there is a guy ordering your vegan, and this guy ordering a big piece of like uh, beef or chicken. It's like, oh, this guy, not my vibe, non judgmental. Yeah, he's it, absolutely your vibe because he's another human being. Mm-hmm. He's your vibe. Mm-hmm. You know, he's another human being and who knows? Who knows he have like a big issue with like iron deficiency. He was vegan for more time than you. And he's having that because he might die do not. Who knows? I don't know. I, yeah, I the, feel I, the I don't know? Yeah. Oh, it's so, mm. so useful. I, it's both so humble,
0: but so powerful. Mm. And I feel like that's one of the biggest gifts you can offer the world is the, the compassion and the giving benefit of the doubt. I don't know. So it's like, and, and with this, it's like instead of holding this like judgment and this like these grudges against people because you're chucking your label on them. Oh, you eat meat means Wrong. you're this person, yeah. whatever it is. But it's like the most humble and powerful thing is to let go is to realize I have no idea
1: this is like this is this, i love this topic because this is really really practical and grounded in spirituality this is what i live for mm. you know it's like not how many seconds you should hold Mula Bandha so you can rise your <laughs> kundalini uh which are like useful stuff uh but it's just, just tools specific yeah. tools to help you to expand but the relational aspect of your own judgment and how you relate with society judgment is is showing you how you are relating with society or with other people or with yourself. You, yeah. I, I judge myself, yes, you know? Yes, it's yes. like, oh, I'm, I'm... When I'm having, like, very difficult, dark uh, thoughts, loops, I'm like, fuck, I've been doing all this work and I'm still... I mm-hmm. make me so frustrated. Okay, how am I dealing with that frustration? You know, then you go into this uh, uh, two-step uh, Buddha hack, how he relates with the shadows, um, which is, I see you... Uh, whatever it is in this case Buddha was dealing with Mara this demon coming to him before just he got enlightened I see you Mara second step let's have a cup of tea mm. and that's the whole shadow work from, from this uh, Buddha perspective that I love it's first of all number one I, I see your frustration I notice I'm aware the first step is always awareness mm. the second step would be what is already, Let's sit down and have a cup of tea. Let's get to know each other. It's an invitation. Say, what do you need? Why are here? I'm here. It's a shadow. It's part of the existence. It's part of me. It's a, maybe a repressed aspect of me so that I need to relate somehow. And I'm saying it's just really practical because I remember when, when I was teaching in Tangu not long ago, and I was walking through Old Man's, this like party place, right? And... Seeing all these people, like I was having a walk after teaching two hours philosophy and meditating with this wonderful group of people, it's like oh, having a walk, wow, yeah. and all these people like partying, like yeah, these bros with like gym yeah. bros drinking. Yeah. It's like these, these guys. It's like <laughs> they're like judging them literally. I was having like this judgment mm-hmm. process of like even getting a little bit triggered. And the only thing that that reveals is 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 something about me, mm-hmm. not something about them. They're having the time of their life. Mm-hmm. Um, and one day. I remember my, my brother, uh, we were talking with my brother, and my brother told me he was in Brazil working. He's a, like one of the most incredible humans I know, full, full integrity, a man super in touch with his heart, but at the same time, very, very involved with like the real world, working in the corporate and so on, but then having these mushroom trips in Mexico, then coming back, he's like, this guy is incredible. He go to the gym often. Yeah. He's like a judo black belt champion, mm-hmm. and sometimes he go party with his friend, and he sometimes drink. Mm. so when I was walking next to Oldlands and I was seeing this guy that could be my brother mm. my brother would be yeah, here yeah. and I would ever ever judge him was like, bro yeah I would yeah, say him like this yeah. so it's like wow shift of perspective like, like micro awakening micro initiation and then it's like this thing is start happening because the only one that is suffering in that moment it was me judging you know po- pointing people uh, with one finger while there's three fingers pointing back at me um, but
0: then just say in that, in that moment of you judging them and then if you're going to meet the shadow of judgment and have a cup of tea with it, what, what do you feel like it would tell you? Like, what does that tell you about yourself, that, the fact that you were
1: judging? There is a part of me that feels shame, for example, of my past when I was doing that. Mm. Okay, so there's a relationship with myself. This mm. is just a mirror. This dude that has nothing to do with whatever. You know, it's just, it's just a, a master, actually. It's a guru, actually. Mm-hmm. Guru is whatever brings you from, from darkness to light. This is what guru means, darkness to light. Dad, bro mm-hmm. gym bro yeah. drunk talking about girls and i was like okay this being my guru is bringing me is showing me certain things about myself which is which is interesting people getting obsessed about their guru in the Himalayas, like the guru is there in the yeah. club uh, yeah. uh, and then it's showing me for example well this girl this guy is talking with this beautiful woman i feel triggers like well, i am doing i am doing all this masculine energy work from the tantric, neo-tantric perspective or whatever it is. And this guy is like having like, getting all the girls, for example. Mm-hmm. is like from a space of a scarcity and from a space of comparison. It starts showing me so many things about me mm-hmm. that... That are worth to work on. But that, that's a personal journey. Something that is useful is like, I don't know, but also this could be. Mm. You know what, what I mean? It's think, like yeah. the guy who's beeping next uh, on, uh, on the back in the car is like, I don't really know. But could be he's in a rush to the hospital. Mm. It could mm. be. So I would better assume that. Yeah. that's a, I think, is a superpower. Mm. I assume, uh, because you can assume things. It's like you can choose your belief, you know, limiting belief or empowering belief. Well, it's a belief. But it's a belief that helped me to live life yeah. better.
0: Yeah.
1: Helped me to live life more expanding. Helped me to live life more loving. Less so if it's going to be belief anyway, we'd rather choose a script. Mm. Choose a belief. No, it's a belief. I'm playing with it and assuming certain things that are, it makes your life easier. Mm.
0: And the last <laughs> question is, what does it mean to live a connected meaningful successful life
1: i think ultimately means being yourself coming back to the video we were talking before your purpose i think everyone's purpose is being themselves Uh, and i think the the invitation with all these spiritual practices to dive deeper into that, that full expression that full version that full potential that you have of yourself
0: oh wow Mm. wow 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 thank you for jumping into this pot of juiciness like that i feel like i'm like i feel like i'm drunk Mm. on just like on my truth on my expression and Mm. thank you for coming sharing your fearless authentic expression
1: appreciate you inviting me for this podcast appreciate what you do thank Thank you. you
0: I'll have your uh, link to your Instagram website and retreats that you hold. All that tons of stuff will be in the notes. Muchas gracias.
1: Muchas gracias.
0: Okay, friends, that is it for this episode. If you got inspired by something, please don't let this be yet another podcast you listen to and forget. Instead, try and focus on the biggest takeaway you got and actually apply it to your life by making a change from today. If you think someone in your life can also get value from it, please share this episode with others. The more that join this journey, the better the world will be. Don't forget to like and subscribe on whatever platform you're listening on. And finally, if you'd like to connect, jump on my Instagram and shoot me a message. All the links will be in the show notes. Other than that, that's it from me today, and I'll catch you next time.